A lot of people, they're like, oh, the algorithm just hates me. Like it's out to get me. Let's be clear. The algorithm is smart. You as the fitness coach, as the entrepreneur, as a business owner, you got to stop looking at the algorithm. All right, brother. So my goal with this podcast and having you on today, man, is uh, a few things. One, I just, I like you, bro. I've been enjoying, I mean, we've been getting to know each other more lately and we've just been having, I feel like we've been having a really good time chatting and uh, I, I'm learning a ton from you. And I felt like I was somebody who already knew a lot about content, you know, but the truth is, is that I'm, uh, I'm a business owner first and foremost and a content creator second. So I think it's been cool to, to be able to talk to somebody on a regular basis who is a content creator as a business owner, if that makes sense. So, um, I mean, it, it's great. And then I found out you're, uh, you're 29, I think, right? 28, 28. I was like, God damn, this guy's not even my age yet. This is crazy. So you're, you're light years ahead of so many people with this stuff, man. So I'm excited to have you on. I think that we're going to be able to, uh, provide a ton of value. I think that we have, I mean, you saw my list. There's probably no way we're going to get through all that, but I do that on purpose. And I think that at, at some point we'll have to have you back on. Cause there's a lot of people who ask me questions and who listen to this podcast that I know for a fact are going to get all their answers from this podcast today. Cause I don't have the answers for, for them typically. Cause some of the times I don't even know. I, I just, I'm like, Oh, it just works for me. I have no idea. So, um, today I have Rico on the podcast. I'm not going to try to actually, I'm going to try to incarnate incarnati money. Really? Let's yeah. Go. Good job. I told you those, maf- <laughs> those mafia movies paid off, man. <laughs> It, it finally worked to my advantage, bro. Um, all right. So uh, today I have recalled the podcast who's going to talk all things content creation for fitness professionals. And I'm so excited about this because I feel like you know it better than anybody, man. And um, you've made a career out of it. You've made a, a, a name for yourself out of it. And I can personally say that I knew who you were and I was following you a bit before you made this big leap in your following and in your growth and all that you're doing right now. So I watched it happen. So the cool thing about this is, is what he's going to tell you today is truly, it's extremely valuable because it's no bullshit. Like he really put this stuff to the test and I watched him grow literally to the point where I was finally like, all right, I'm going to hit this guy up. We got to, I got to get to know him better and and learn from him. So I'm going to stop talking. Rico, tell the listeners who you are and uh, start giving us a little bit of your background story of why you do what you do today. Yeah, man, dude. I mean, it's cool that like, this is a second time I get to talk to you this week. But uh, nonetheless, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, as Cody said, um, a lot of the mafia movies paid off for him. And he was able to pronounce my last name. Um, And the reason being is because I am a 97% Italian kid, uh, born and raised from Chicago, Illinois. I live in Dallas, Texas right now. And my entire jam is being a fucking shark and this whole social media thing. And it's crazy because... I I'm so invested in just content and social media because it quite literally saved my life. And there's a reason why I carry this tattoo on my inner wrist, which says Forza, which in Italian means strength. And the beauty of all this, and I've told this story many times is I was never supposed to be where I'm at today. I was never supposed to be like Enrico making videos, making content And I was supposed to be Enrico, the doctor. I was supposed to be Enrico, who was going to medical school, who was going to get a degree as a pediatrician, and who was going to have the $400,000 salary, the safe job, the prestige of being a doctor. 
And it was because it was for my dad, right? And what turned into what I wanted to do, and I wanted to be a pediatrician to help help children and uh, work with them, it slowly became more of my father's dream more than mine. And the reason I say that is because it's super important for why this ties in. And even at like 17, I got my certified nursing assistant license. Like I was young, crazy to think that that was 11 years ago. And I was working in like nursing home and this was like the track that I was going to be on. I'm like, I'm going to be a doctor. Right. And like, I, I, I had always wanted to become that. And even growing up before I became a certified nursing assistant and before I took like the, you know, AP chemistry classes and the anatomy and physiology and, uh, all, all the prerequisites for things in, in high school, like even interacting with my father's friends and family, it was always, how's, how's it being Enrico the doctor, right? Like, what's it like being Enrico the doctor? And I'm like, like I'm 17, like I got, I got time. I'm like, I'm 16, I'm 15. Right. But it was always like Enrico, the doctor. And let me be clear. I am like the first child in my entire family. I'm like the first son. I am the first grandchild, the first nephew. I, I am the first child. I am the first spawn out of every one of like my family members. And this is on my dad and father's side. So there's a lot of like pressure of like, you're going to be like, they're the, you're the poster child, like set the tone. Right. And a lot of that weighed on me because as I said, it slowly became more of my father's thing. As I had mentioned, whenever I would interact with people, it was always Enrico, the doctor, how is Enrico doing in, in medical school? And I'm like, I'm still in high school, man, you know, and long about way of saying that I graduated from high school and I enrolled in health sciences, which was pre-med at DePaul university in Chicago, Illinois. And I'm going to be a doctor again, right? And like, I'm, I'm facing now another round of medical classes and this whole doctor thing. And it was during this time too, where I realized I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do this. And I've actually never said this part of the story before, but uh, we were assigned a project with one of, one of my classes. I forgot what it was. We had to go reach out to someone who was doing what we wanted to do. And I had to go find a pediatrician and I'm like, okay, but I'm like, maybe I don't want to be a pediatrician. Maybe I want to be a sports doctor, right? I'm like, that's fun. And so I actually reached out to uh, Dr. Brian Cole, who was the, uh, the team doctor for the Chicago Bulls and Blackhawks and, and Cubs and White Sox. And we had an, a phone interview because it was part of our project. And he was just explaining to me like how, how it was like to become a doctor and everything. And like, it's a lot of work and you know, you're going to be in your thirties when you can finally do it. I'm like, holy cow, I'm like, that's a long time, you know? And it was during this time too, where I was taking these classes that I'm like, I don't even care about this stuff. I'm like, everyone else is just so passionate about chemistry and lab and everything. And I'm like, I don't care. I was just like, I, I, it just didn't interest me. Like none of it was interesting to me at all. And it was really cool because I was scrolling social media and that's, you know, so like IG and everything was like kind of more of like in its infancy phase. And I had found a man who said this post to me or said this quote to me in a post. And it was the man, man by the name of Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. And I don't know how this video found me, but I was walking after one of my chemistry labs. I was walking just on campus and I stopped and I look at my phone and I'm reading it. And the video says, I'd rather you spend the next two to three years doing what you want to do, not pleasing your parents versus the next 80 years resenting them doing what they wanted you to do. And I, and I listened to that and I sat with it and I was like, fuck, I'm like, 
That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm doing what my dad wants me to do. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm resenting him because of this. This is becoming more of his thing. I don't want this anymore. I have to tell him that I don't want to do this. I'm going to sound crazy as a, as, as a child whose parents are from Italy who came here to like make a living for themselves and being like, some guy on the internet is telling me that I'm going to resent you and I don't want to do this doctor thing anymore, right? I had to tell my father, dad, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm doing this. I'm I'm doing this for you, this doctor thing, and I'm also telling this for you because I don't want to resent you when I grow up because I don't want to do this anymore. That was one of the hardest conversations of my life. And then he looks at me and he's like, "Now what?" And I'm like, "You know, that's a good question. I don't know, but let me figure it out." I defaulted to a communications major. I took like journalism classes and whatnot, and. This is my doing. Fa- my father from Italy, who came here with two thousand dollars to like make something of himself, and like he's wildly successful now. Which I'm so like I I got a lot of like my entrepreneur tendencies from him, and like my I will figure it the fuck out like mindset from him. But it's like I just told my father I'm not going to do this anymore, and he's like, "Why are we going to keep you in school for what? What am I going to pay pay that for?" I'm like, "You're right." I said, "Just give me a year, right?" I said, "Just give me a year." And it was during this time, and the reason why I said I, I have this tattoo is because I attempted suicide because I was just so down and I was just like, I have lost all identity of myself. I'm like, I don't know who I am anymore. I was like 19, 20 years old. And I'm like, nothing I will do will surmount to what my father had a vision of me for. Like there will be nothing that will surmount to like the $400,000 salary, the prestige, the honor that comes with being a doctor. I'm like, what am I, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do now, right? And I was able to clearly get through that part. And that's when I found the gym more. I fell in love more with like fitness and the things that I could control and working out and exploring that whole realm. And what's cool about that is when you get into the gym, you go down a rabbit hole of learning all this other information of like, well, what supplements should I be taking? And oh, this Steve Cook has this workout program I should do, this this soldier workout program. I, sh- I could do this. Oh, let me go follow Steve on Instagram. Oh, Steve also follows uh, Christian Guzman, Max Tuning. And that's when I figured out about like Christian Guzman, who was one of my biggest inspirations at the time. And what's cool is Christian really helped me just like find myself again because Christian was holding a summer shredding competition. And I know you know about it. The very first one ever, the very first summer shredding competition where you would start in March and then you would go to June. And this is when Christian had his like old gym, like the, like the gym where it was like the, not the small garage one, but like the one where it rolled up and it was just, it was like 110 in Houston and whatnot. And at the end of the summer shredding, you would go to Houston and go meet up with everyone that like did the competition with you. Right. And this was a time when I'm like, I'm going to do this. Like, this is something that I'm like, I'm going to just set my mind to it. I'm, I'm going to just do it. Right. And what's cool about that, man, is the reason I, I really gravitated towards Christian before doing this whole summer shredding thing was because I'm like, he left college. I'm like, he left going to TCU, which wildly I live like 30 minutes from now. And he is doing this now. He's doing this like vlogging thing. And at that time too, I was like making Snapchat videos on my phone and just helping people with like fitness tips. And my girlfriend at the time was like, why don't you make YouTube videos? I'm like, okay. And I was working at my school's gym too. And whatever money I had saved from working there, I went and bought a GoPro. And that was like my first camera. Like if you look at my first YouTube videos, it was on a GoPro. I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to have fun with this. 
right? And the reason I bring up like the whole summer shredding competition is because that's when I, I really kind of bought like my first camera, like my Canon T5i, I remember. And I remember I would skip class in college to go film a fucking time lapse for a vlog that I was doing. Because I'm like, Casey Neistat, who was one of my biggest inspirations on YouTube, he was doing it. And I'm like, I need to be like him, right? I'm like, Christian would probably film a video. I need to film like Christian now, right? But it was just like this act of filming and like creating videos for me that I was like, this is just freeing, right? And I think what's beautiful about that is I knew what I didn't want to do, right? I knew I didn't want to be the doctor. And I think for a lot of people who were like, well, I don't know what I, I, what I want to do. I don't know where I want to go in life. Well, you certainly gain more clarity on things that you don't want to do, right? Like I don't want to touch the medical field. That's something for me that I'm like, that's, I'm not passionate about that. I'm happy for anyone that's in that. I don't, I, I don't align with it anymore. And that gave me a lot more clarity. Like I said, I'm like finding fitness and like I dedicated myself to the whole summer shredding competition. I'm like, I want to be the best that I can be for it. And I did it. Like I went down to, to Alphalete in Houston. Um, I flew over on uh, spirit airlines with like two of my buddies and it was cool. Cause I'm like, wow, I'm meeting people that I met online that I, that I feel like I know already through a camera. And I met Christian, I met Max, I met like, um, Russell or he, Russ Swole, like Sholly, like all the Alphalete dudes. And, uh, it's cool because there was a man that I met there by the name of Zach Rushlow and his Instagram handle is the flexible dieting lifestyle. And Zach, I had known for when he was at like, I think like 60, 50,000 followers on Instagram. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I, I love your recipes. I appreciate your content and everything. And he's like, Hey man, um, you know, send me a DM. I'll, I'd love to send you a recipe book of mine, like a cookbook. I'm like, Oh, cool. And, uh, he sent me one like a, like a couple days after I came back home to Chicago. And then after that whole event, I didn't tell this part, but I had to get surgery on my hip because I tore my hip labor while I was squatting about a year ago. And the reason I bring that up is because it's important for what I'm about to say. Zach put on his Instagram story and he's like, hey, I'm looking for a videographer to come with me to LA for five days. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, this is so cool. I'm like, I would love this opportunity. Let me be clear. I have no filming experience. I've only vlogged myself. I had just gotten surgery. I should not be flying whatsoever. My parents are both looking at me like, you left college because of some guy on the internet. Now you're going to go film some guy in Los Angeles that you don't even know really that you met on the internet. And they thought this was like lunacy. But for me, I'm like, mom, I, I got to do this. I'm like, I got I to do it, right? And I replied to Zach's story. And I said, Hey man, I'm like, I would love this opportunity. He's like, okay. He's like, why should I pick you? There's two other people in front of you that are way more experienced. Cause I had given my background a little bit. I'm like, okay, that's fair. I'm like, I will work harder than both of them combined. And he's like, okay. He's like, can you find a flight here to LA? I'm like, yep. So two days later I'm in LA. I had, I didn't tell him about the whole crutch that I was on crutches and had surgery. Cause I'm like, I don't want this to be a limiting factor. I'm like, I don't want him to be like, Oh dude, like, I don't want I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm going to figure it out. Like, I remember I get to LA and I took a, uh, a shuttle bus to like the, the rental car place, which is like six, like S I X T like the orange rental car place. And I'm like, I'm waiting for him. And he shows up. He's like, he's like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm great. I'm like, how are you? He's like, dude, why didn't you tell me any of this? I'm like, cause I didn't want you to be like, don't come. And he's like, he's like, fuck man. He's like, are you sure? Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm I, I, I'm, I, I'm like, don't ask. I'm like, we're good. I'm like, I will figure it out. I'll be fine. And um, I filmed with him for like the next five days. I met like uh, Jamie Hagia, who's like a CrossFit athlete, um, like some other CrossFit people too. And uh, we filmed, I filmed him for five days. 
And it was cool because that then turned into me working with him full time for the next year. Like I left college to go work with Zach and move from Chicago to Austin, Texas. And I left college with like one year left to finish like on whatever degree that I had for communication. And um, it's just cool because when I was working with Zach, we went to LA again for another trip. And that was a uh, Pencils of Promise event that Lewis House was hosting. And I met another man there by the name of Jordan Syatt, who was Gary Vaynerchuk's trainer. And the reason I say that is because I knew him as Gary V's trainer, not Jordan Syatt. I'm like, oh, you're Gary's trainer. I'm like, oh, you're Jordan. That's cool. Yada, yada. I'm like, so we, we exchanged you know, information and whatnot. And it was cool. And then a couple months later, like my year ended working with Zach and uh, I moved back home to Chicago then. And I was, again, kind of like figuring it out again with my life of like doing some freelance work. I got a job working at Whole Foods. I got a job working at par- this part-time like dealership thing that took photos of like used cars and stuff. Like I was kind of like ground zero again, figuring it out again, right? Then what's really fucking cool is Jordan in September of 2018 put on his Instagram story. He's like, I'm looking for a videographer to film with me, whatever. I'm like, bro, I would love this opportunity because I'm like, we knew each other. And he's like, hey, ma'am, there's a guy in front of you. If this doesn't work out within the next 90 days, I'll call you. I'm like, I'm like, okay. So I'm at Lifetime Fitness on December 1st and I'm on the Stairmaster and I get a call from, and, and, I, and, I, and I looked down at my phone, I'm, I'm getting a call from Jordan. And I'm like, the fuck is he calling me for? And I'm like, I'm like, hello, like out of breath a little bit. He's like, yo, man, what's up? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, uh, are you good? Do you need a minute to like breathe? I'm like, no. I'm like, what's up? He's like, you want to move to New York City? I'm like, yep. He's like, he's like, are you, he's like, you could think about it if you. I'm like, no, 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 I don't need to think about it. I'm like, yes. I'm like, let's do it. He's like, okay. Um, and uh, we kind of like ironed out like let light details. Like we, I called them back after. And what's crazy is like two weeks later, I went to New York City for a weekend to go hang with him just to kind of like get to know each other a little bit. And like, that was the first time that I had met him and like been in New York City ever. And then two weeks after that, man, I moved my entire life with two suitcases, all my camera gear that I had and moved to a Chinatown apartment with six other people, sketchy. And I had like a holding cell as a room for $1,100 a month. But I'm like, I moved to New York City to work with Jordan. Then what's really fucking cool, man, where like I still get chills thinking about this. Jordan texts me. He's like, yo, you want to go train with Gary tomorrow morning? And I'm like, yes. I'm like, absolutely. He's like, okay. And so it was like 6, 7 a.m., whatever it was. And so we get to Gary's apartment in like the Upper East Side of New York City. And we're in his lobby. And he's like, oh, cool. Like Gary's about to come downstairs right now. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I hear the elevator open. And I see him just like turn, he just turns the corner at like as if he just woke up and he's like, sup, man. And I'm like, yeah, sup, man. I'm like, just dab me up as if we're cool. I'm like, this social media thing's fucking cool, man. I'm like, like, it, it makes me emotional thinking about it sometimes just because I'm like, your fucking video changed the entire trajectory of my fucking life. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And like the fact that I'm standing in front of you, I get to train with you. You're asking me if I train legs and like talking to me about like other guys that don't train legs and we're just shooting the shit on things. And I'm like, this is fucking cool. Right. And I was able to work with Jordan for the next two years and learned a ton. Um, I remember when Jordan was on your podcast, like you and I lightly connected then. And uh, it's just been cool because then after my time working with Jordan, 
I've been able to work with like other fitness professionals as well, right? And not just fitness, but then even, you know, more other business owners and entrepreneurs. And I officially like fully stopped filming and editing even like as of earlier this year. And now um, I left, I left working with Jordan uh, 20, early 2021. And, um, you know, then I've moved on to doing my own thing now. And uh, now that's running strategy and helping people with uh, social media and everything. So I love it, dude. Um, yeah, man. It's cool because and we'll, we'll, we'll save this for another chat just so it's not on the podcast, but there's quite a few things in that story that are so, so relatable to me personally, man, that I can easily say that like, man, that, that aligned like with things with your father, things with like the people falling in your life. I've always said like, I think God puts certain people in your life for a reason, but like a lot to relate on there. And even it's funny. Cause I like shortly before we connected just recently again and got um, closer, started like really you know, working together, talking strategy, stuff like that. I connected with the flexible dieting lifestyle guy. I'm not that kind of like dieter. I'm like a bro, man. I just eat simple food stuff, but my wife loves recipes and stuff. So she started making some of his stuff and she sent me and she was, it started with like the Starbucks stuff. And then like, I started getting his like powdered stuff and I was like, this is amazing. And I tagged him and then he responded. And then I was like, dude, we, I need to have you on the podcast. It'd be great. And he's like, let's do it. And then I connect with you shortly after. So he should be on the podcast soon. Um, nice. going back and forth via email, but, um, and it was just cool. Cause it was like that me and Jordan obviously became friends. And it was funny because he called me out of the blue one time and it was, I kind of had that same shock of like, what's up, man? And he's just so chill. He's just like, yeah, dude, I just figured I'd call. Why not? Like, and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's talk, dude. But there's just a lot of people that align between us. And it's cool to hear that story. And then also your backstory of you not taking no for an answer, taking action, even when it was sketchy, it was risky, it was financially, maybe a burden, you know, whatever it may be. And you just didn't take no for an answer. You just took action relentlessly. And I can relate to that in so many ways. And I tell people to do that so much, man. So um, I love it, man. That, uh, that right there was a great intro because it really develops the storyline and builds the trust for those listening of who you are and why you are so good at what you do. And now I want to really dive into some of these like common questions that I get that I know that you can really like shed light on and provide value around. And so the first one being the IG algorithm, right? Like, like, and I, and I put this in here because I know your stance on this. Um, and, uh, I want people to hear what your opinion is on it. Like, how do we conquer this? Is there, is, is the algorithm really that crazy? Does it really change up that often? Is it something that we need to be aware of or what's the deal with this? And what do you tell people when they say like, I'm trying, like my content was great, but then the algorithm, you know, happened and yeah, take the floor and, and give me your thoughts and opinions. Yeah. yeah. Um, my entire stance with the algorithm is a lot of people they're like, Oh, the algorithm just hates me. And the algorithm, like it's out to get me. Like, let's be clear. The algorithm is smart. The algorithm knows exactly what you're interested in, interested in, it knows what you like. It knows the things that you comment on, the things that you maybe don't comment on, but you watch that you consume. It collects data. So the algorithm's smart. You as the fitness coach, as the entrepreneur, as a business owner, you got to stop looking at the algorithm and you got to start looking at that as the audience. And so a lot of people, they will play victim of like, oh, well, you know, the algorithm just, it screwed me over. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause then I go look at your content, coach Becky, and it sucks. And I mean it. And, 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 and I say that because no one wants to say that to you because every other person is like, oh my God, you have great content. It is so good. Yeah. Other coaches are telling you that probably, but like, are they the ones paying you? No, 
right? So they're probably the ones stroking the ego, but then here I come along and I'm like, this video sucked. I'm like, it's not good. And I'm like, I know it's not good because I can tell that it didn't perform as well as it should have for you. And it's very clear why. And a lot of people, they get upset about it because they're like, well, then what do I do to fix it? And what do I, you know, I got to get the algorithm on my, on my side as if it's like this Batman and Robin type thing. And I'm like, the algorithm knows who to put the content in front of. The algorithm also understands like who is in, who is watching the content, who's consuming this. It's going to send it out to a certain cohort of people. If it resonates with that audience, it'll keep it, it'll keep it growing. That's how videos go viral is if it continues to pass different checkpoints of cohorts of audiences that it's getting shown to organically. And if it doesn't keep passing those, then it just, it just stops growing. Right. And that's okay because you can always look at your content as feedback. That's it. Meaning if it doesn't perform well, just look at it as like, okay, well, what could I have done better with my content here? And also too, I would challenge a lot of coaches on this. What are you tracking? Like you tell your clients to track steps, water, to track their weight, to track their food. But I'm like, what are you tracking with your content? Right? You're like, well, it didn't perform well. Well, what do you want it to do? Do you want people to save the video, to comment on it, to share it? Like, what do you want to happen from the video? Do you want clients? Do you want people to like click on the link in bio? Like, what do you want to happen? And most people are like, I don't know. I just want it to do well. I'm like, well, I don't know. I just want to fucking lose weight. But like, we don't actually know our numbers or what we're trying to track for. Like, we have to actually understand, is this actually good content? And a lot of people are like, well, what is good content? Well, I would challenge you, a, a lot of coaches who are in the space of wanting to help people and educate people, not to shake their, not, not to shake their ass on TikTok and start an OnlyFans, but you actually want to grow a business out of this, right? And so the way you do that is you make content that solves people's problems, that either entertains them, that informs them, that educates them, that provides a new opportunity for them, that inspires them to take action on something. And then you also have to get obsessively clear on who the hell is on the other end of the phone watching that video. That's how you figure that out. Are you using their words in the content? How is the hook of your video? Are you actually starting it to where it's getting people's interest? Is it interesting to you? Because a lot of coaches, I see them, and this makes me upset. They'll be making a video and a lot of coaches are like, hey, my name is Coach Becky and I'm a certified, don't care. I don't care. I'm like, how are you? How is that helping me? It's not helping you because you're scared to come across as someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. Mm. I promise you the only people who care about what you're talking about and that you sound smart in front of is other fucking coaches. Other fucking coaches approval is what's keeping you fucking stuck. I promise you. You only care about their approval so that way you sound like a smart coach and you sound like a good coach and you know what you're talking about. And you're not, you're not that, that that's not your clientele. You're trying to talk to the clients who don't know those high level words. You're trying to be like, oh yeah, when you go down in a squat, you need to have intra abdominal pressure. And I'm like, they don't fucking know what that means. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know what that means. Like you got to stop you. And again, I think in some instances, if you are talking higher level terms to these science people that like for someone like yourself, like you're like, oh, cool. Like I, I like that. Right. But like for someone like Cody, it's also like, okay, I need to simplify my message to make sure that so-and-so who has three kids can actually apply this because their goal is to be able to walk up a flight of stairs and not be out of breath. Right. Like those are two different goals. Like someone who wants to do that versus Cody wanting to, you know, win summer shredding competition, like two different outcomes. And that's where I'm, that, that's where I really hammer home on, 
you need to get hyper clear on who the hell you're talking to. You have to, you have to get obsessively clear on that. And if I can just leave you with one thing on that topic is you're always refining that. That's always a work in progress. That's always something that you're figuring out. That's always something that you're nailing. It's always something that you're just chipping away at and understanding like, okay, who do I really want to serve and who don't I want to serve, right? Like I talked about before, when you get an understanding of what you don't want to do, it gives you more clarity on what you do want to do. And when you get a clearer understanding of who you don't want to serve, it gives you a clearer understanding of who you do want to serve. So understanding who you talk to will solve 99% of everything you have when it comes to what content do I make? I think I have a good perspective on this that you'll like too, because so I've fallen victim of this. So this isn't just me saying my thoughts. It's like literally what I've done and I've corrected. And then I've also given advice on. So people will try to mock what I do, right? Because I'm an experienced coach. I've been out here for a while and they're like, oh, I'm going to do this. But to go off of what you were just saying of like, who are you talking to? Like, right. We have our team, our coaching company who talks to a certain person technically. And then I also have like my audience, like you listen to this right now, my Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And I actually do work with a lot of coaches. I work with younger coaches who are less experienced than me. And they come to me and they say, I'm a coach, I'm busy, but I'm not taking care of my own shit. I'm not walking the walk and I'm not doing the thing. I need somebody who's a more experienced, smarter coach than me that's going to hold me accountable of actually looking like the coach I know I need to be, right? So there's times where I'm actually creating content, talking to the coach, because I know that my demographic, a lot of times, even for my team, are more advanced gem pop people. They might not be competing in summer shredding, but they're a trainer or they're really into this shit and they want the next level. So they, they want that. But if somebody listened to this podcast just copies what I'm doing and that's not your person, don't don't talk like I'm talking because I'm talking to a different person. Think of how I'm talking to the person I'm talking to and then use that specificity to the person you're talking to. You know, And, and I've fallen victim of this too because early in my career, I did it when I wasn't ready to do it. And my thought was like, well, what will, what would Lane Norton think if he saw this video? The reality was is Lane Norton wasn't going to see anything I ever posted. Cause I was just brand new into coaching and he could give two shits about, you know, he wasn't busting myths on my page. And I might add, if I'm saying anything that gets Lane Norton's attention, I need to check myself. Cause I'm probably saying something incorrect. Cause that's what he does. He just destroys people's myths. But, um, point being is you don't want to just copy somebody. I think what you said, the audience versus algorithm is so key. And my question to you following up with that would be one, if obviously, if you think I'm wrong with what I said, you can add to it, but the, the algorithm itself, yes, it's a thing. Yes. It changed stuff. But my guess would be that even though I've blamed it in the past, I'm not going to lie, but like it probably just gets better at finding your audience if you know how to create the right content. It's not like the like all of a sudden they're like, oh, like we're gonna stop showing his shit because the, you know the algorithm just decided, Cody, you're not gonna get engagement unless you pay us or unless you do something. Why? Like why? They want me to be sucked to my phone. So if anything, they want me to conquer the algorithm. So I post more and I do more. And and to your point, they want to give, they want to reward you because they also know that like when you see that reward of like, oh, wow, this video is doing well, you're more inclined to want to post more. Right. You're inclined to want to show up more because you're like, oh, wow, like people like this. I should do more of this, right? And to your point, yes, like algorithms are always getting smarter because for example, when my girlfriend sends me videos of like like funny relationship things, I get fed more of that organically. Mm-hmm. And like, that's more on my feed now. And I'm like, hang on, I don't even, I, I don't really engage with this stuff, but I'm like, oh yeah, she sends it to me and I watch it. So the algorithm's like, oh, okay, we're going to put more of this in front of you, new people who you probably don't even follow to kind of like throw the bait out to see if you like this, right? The algorithm wants to help you. And let me be clear, 
This is coming from someone who has never paid for an ad. I've never paid for a shout out. I've never paid for any fake shit that's on Instagram. None of it. Like nothing at all. I've done it all purely organically, all with just great content that solves a problem over and over again that speaks to one person, right? The algorithm is wanting to help you because like Cody said, it wants to get it shown more. It wants people to be on their phone. They want people on their platform. Yeah. Like the algorithm's not going to do things to be like, yeah, we want people to not be on Instagram. No, because they get more revenue. They get more ad money. Of course they want you on there. Of course they want you to be viewing, right? They're just trying to tailor your interests because we are in a, we're, we are in an interest-based world on social, not social where it's like, I don't see my friend's content anymore. Well, to be fair, your friends probably don't post as much, so you're not going to see it as much anyways. And also to be fair, to add on to other people's points, you may not always engage with your friend's content. Therefore, that's registering to the algorithm, and I say that in quotes, of like, oh, you don't like this, so we won't show it to you more, right? And a lot of people complain, well, like, it needs to go back to me seeing my friend stuff. But the algorithm's also like, hey, you're not engaging with it, so if you're not liking this content, that means you're going to probably leave the app. We would rather show you stuff you like so you stay here. Yeah, simple as that, right? You're not, like... If you're not engaging with their content, how how is an app going to know that they're your friends? They don't. That's plain and simple. So, so you know, moving from that, I kind of wanted. To, uh, originally, I was like, we got to. Re- I want to nail down like what are the biggest mistakes Fit Pros make in their content. But I kind of feel like we've kind of hit that hard. So I want to skip ahead a little bit, and and I think that's going to kind of as we go through all of these things. I have a feeling you're going to really reveal the mistakes everybody's making, and we can kind of touch on that at at the end. But one of the things that I, I hear often, and I've even voiced to you as, especially as a business owner and as a father, is just the overwhelm of how much there is, man. Like I've been, I mean, between you and uh, some of my other friends, Jordan said multiple times said this to me, TikTok. I'm like, I, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I won't do it. And they're like, why do you got to get everywhere? I'm like, dude, I just can't add another thing. And then I added threads and I was like, I'm going to get better at this. And then I was like, nope, can't do it. Cause I just get overwhelmed. Right. So now it's like, okay, how do we repurpose? How do we do stuff like that? And people look at stuff like Alex Ramosi or Grant uh, Cordon. They do great. And, and I tell them like, Hey, just so you know, they have a team. They have like a LinkedIn guy, a Twitter guy, a threads guy, an Instagram guy that repurposes and does all this for them. That's how they're posting 27 times a day, literally. And they're crushing it. But unless you have an extra $500,000 to just pay all these different people, you're not going to be able to do it. So my question for you though, is there's TikTok, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's podcasts, there's threads, Twitter, YouTube, email marketing. There's just so much to do. What is quote unquote best? And I would say that's relevant to the person, but how does somebody find out what's necessary for them? What's the best thing for them? And like, how do we, how many of these things should we spread ourselves across? Like, how does somebody navigate this? That's a great question. A lot of that comes down with a level of self-awareness. Enrico, me, I love being in front of the camera because I like talking. I also do well with speaking on camera. So video is my forte. Writing, I'm okay at it. I I would say I'm pretty decent. I've seen a lot of copywriting. I've learned a lot from Jordan. I've learned a lot from other people, like just that space. That's not my forte though. I would rather probably have someone else do that for me because that takes up a lot of my time because I have to really put energy and think into that stuff, right? Versus video, I'm just, that's just naturally to me, right? We even talked about with you, we were like, I love writing. I'm like, okay, like we need to keep that in, especially with like your email list. Like we need to keep that in. And a lot of people, I think they need to understand themselves a lot more because if you like speaking on video, then I think you should make videos. If you're a little bit scared to be on video, I wouldn't say shy away from it, but I would say let's work up to getting more confident. 
but maybe can you start a podcast to where you don't have to show your face right away, but you love talking, or maybe you, you genuinely love writing, right? It's a roundabout way of saying everything works. All of it works. I know people that have massive businesses from YouTube, IG, TikTok, like all of it works. You have to find what you're good at. And especially if you are tight on time or resources, like to your point, Gary's got a team of 40 people just to his brand. He's got three people on each team, IG, TikTok, YouTube, like, like each team, right? And you're your own team. So it is un, unfathomable for you to be like, I need to be everywhere at once. No, because you know what's going to happen. You're going to spread yourself too thin. You're going to burn out and you're going to say, fuck this. I would rather you focus on one platform, get hyper-focused on that one, much like I did where I'm like, I really just dialed in on Instagram and I just dialed in on my short form game. I'm like, I'm going to really just go hard on this for one to two years. And not to say screw everything else, but I'm like, I'm going to table it because I would rather get good on one thing first, then be able to add it. Versus if I was on Instagram and then doing YouTube and then doing podcasting all at the same time, I probably wouldn't have grown as much as I did on IG and TikTok, but I put so much energy into one now I understand that game. I can just reformat it all for podcast and YouTube and then do the exact same thing here. The thing that I'm getting at, and this is for all of you, I would rather you be able to add something than subtract it. Meaning if you're in a place where you're like, well, I'm doing the podcast, I'm doing the YouTube, I'm doing that. And then you're like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, well, why did we add all that to start with? I would rather you focus on one thing right now, become an assassin at it, become hyper clear on what you're doing with that. Get really, really good with that. But pour into that so much more, then let's add to it. I get it. There's a lot of noise. There's people that are like, you need to be on, on, on Twitter, you need, on X, or you need to be on threads. You need to be on YouTube. And mind you, I subscribe to that too. I agree. I think everybody should be everywhere. However, a lot of people aren't at that point yet. What you said, Hormozy and Grant Cardone and all these people, like these people have the, re these people are paying damn near six figures a month for their content team. I'm like, do you have that? No. Okay. Like you need to focus on what you can do right now. And I would encourage you pick a platform. That's my advice to you. Number two, email list. Why? Because you don't own Instagram. You don't own YouTube. You do not own TikTok. None of it. What you do, do own is your email list. So you need to do a really good enough job of incentivizing people to be on your email list, to go there, give them something that they can receive to go on the email list that differentiates whatever is on social. Because when push comes to shove, when a lot of people are like, oh my God, Instagram's down, Facebook's down. And you're like, what do I do now? I'm like, well, what do you do now? But if you have an email list where you can access people and send them an email, no matter what happens, like you're golden. Like you own your contacts there. You don't own them on social media. I would also add to that. Like, and I don't know why people avoid nowadays. They avoid email so much, but like Everybody has an email, first of all. And second of all, there's something about an email that's more of a private exchange as far as the conversation goes that makes it a lot easier to give a call to action to sell somebody on. Like I can I can 100% attest that. And and I want to I'm I'm just going to be completely transparent with the listeners so they can get an idea because I've had people where I've uh, I've given advice to or I've like jumped on the phone with like clients of our team just to like help out and just they work with one of my coaches and they had questions and my coaches will be like, Hey, they have a bunch of like these kind of questions. Like it, they'd get a lot out of it if you jumped on the phone with them. So I'll jump on the phone with them. Right. And they have this question of like, how many should I be on? How, like, you know, I'm trying to figure out how you are able to like do all these different platforms, all this stuff. And so 
I do spend six figures a, a year at least on content, you know, just editing it, not even, you know what I mean? Like, and that doesn't include the equipment or the time I spend on it or anything. But if you really look at it, it's like, okay, as of now, we record two podcasts per week. I pay a production company a good amount of money to produce the podcast, to edit the podcast, to do timestamps of the podcast, to send me a couple of reels from the podcast. Then I pay a videographer. Then I pay a strategist who I'm talking to right now to help me with stuff. Then I pay an email marketing service. Then I've paid countless people to help me with editing. I have a brand guy who does all of our Photoshop and stuff to make things look a certain way on the website and all this stuff. Like there's a lot that goes into it. Now you kind of mentioned repurposing, and this is something that like you and I are developing right now. And the strategy that kind of popped in my head so I can save time as a father, husband, coach, entrepreneur is creating my weekly YouTube video, which is something I want to do because it's like you, I'm passionate about being on camera or in front of a mic. I like talking to the camera, talking to the mic, recording a YouTube video that I can pay somebody to chop up a bunch of reels for. So now I'm getting the best of both worlds. They can also be YouTube shorts. Then I can record a podcast that also gets clipped up into reels, right? Realistically, I should have somebody who's transcribing and then pulling out quotes and then using that for threads every day. Like there's a way to just do your one thing really well and then repurpose it everywhere else through AI or through people you can hire or even yourself at first a little bit if you need to. But I think that's the the thing people are missing because I'm even watching you do. We're talking and you're flowing. I know you're repurposing this as we fucking talk. I know you are because what I can't see is your camera, but I know there's a camera going and I know you have some. You can see it right here. Oh yeah, in the Off reflection. The, uh, yeah. So like you're recording what we're recording and you're going to pull clips from it. You have like, and if if I know you well enough because I've done this before, and I'm sure you do too you're able to even talk to me about a topic and know like, okay, I'm about to drop a bomb. I'm going to make this 90 seconds or less. Cause I'm going to like really try to drive some key points home. Cause that's going to be a good reel. Right. And you can do it that way by repeating yourself in the podcast and honing in on something I'm sure. And, and you're going to have great content from it. I, I would also say too, I, I appreciate that. Um, I tend to just talk in more sound bites type thing because I just, I, I, I know what I talk about and I'm genuinely passionate about it. I've also got, and this is actually something really, really interesting. I've never really discussed this model or not, not even this model, but this way of communicating. And that's more of like the delivery and tone of things, mm. right? Like even the way that I, I change the inflection of my voice or even the way that I, I'll speed up my pace of, of speaking. And like a lot of this is just intuitive for me, but a lot of this is what I see a lot of people struggling with, right? I see a, I see a lot of coaches too. They'll be talking about a topic and I'm like, and, and not that you need to be like sad or depressed talking about it, but I'm like, why are you so like jazzed up like this, this like fake energy with it? Right. It's, it's, it's almost like, uh, like, oh my God, like, uh, if, if you want to lose weight, you need to eat these five, five foods and you have to make sure you're in a calorie deficit. And I'm like, why are, like, why is it so jazzed up like this fake, this like fake energy with it? Right. And like, not that again, not that you need to be like so down with it, but it just comes to understanding, like, you don't need to do all this like flashy edits and like all these like crazy hooks and like all these crazy things on video, like your voice is captivating enough. Like you, you, you can, I hate saying this, but almost like you can like hack people's attention just by the way you talk. Mm -hmm. And you can also lose it very quickly by the way that you talk. Right. And you have to, again, this is where I'm, this is where I will hammer home. Like you have to know who you're talking to. You have to know the audience on the other, on the other end of the phone, because if I say something to, I don't know, uh, my girlfriend in a, in a certain tone versus like a client of mine in a certain tone, like it's going to probably hit differently. Like it, it just doesn't, but I, I need to know who I'm talking to with that. I think a lot of people are just 
they, they would have such a better video, such a better experience, just understanding like how they can deliver it with their tone and like the ability to package the information there. So again, I, I appreciate your comment on that. Um, but a lot of it, man, it's just been a lot of like repetitions and stuff and like playing around with different ways of like how I want to package information. But I also know just speaking and like, I've had a lot of reps with that of like what to really hit on and like what to really like emphasize and overemphasize or, you know, pull back on. And so there's like the different techniques within stuff like that. I think that repetition, I think seeking things outside of your own, um, like if you're only looking at content creators for how to make better content, I think you're failing because when you can see a lot of the, that, that voice fluctuations, it's, it's by going and watching Ted talks. It's by watching plays. It's by watching movies and like Lord of the Rings and shit like that. Not content creators. Right. So going outside your scope, reading fictional books, if you want to be a great writer, like that's the way you're going to be better at being creative about the narrative and storytelling, you know? And so I think stuff like that is really important because it helps a ton. Um, it also helps a ton to just be real. Like you should have, and you have a lot of great videos on this that helped me before I even reach out to you, but like the best way to do a hook, the best way to, to like sequence, like what should be in this video? Like you have that one where it's like, uh, there's like emotion plus something, something they're all great, right? That's a strategy. But if you fake it, it just sounds bad. Like it's just not going to come off. So, um, which kind of leads me to my next point. And, and I want to ask you this in two different ways. In, in one way, what you think intentionally will work best. So like, how can a fitness pro like intentionally go about this? But also, do you think this is changing? Because there is trends, not let's say algorithms, but like you did a video recently on the Sam, um, I don't remember his last name. Um, Sam Selleck. Yeah. And so that, you know, I, I think there's fluctuations over time of like what content's doing well. And like, you know, like vlogs were really big and then they kind of faded away and educational, like talking head videos came back. Maybe these vlogs are coming back with people like Sam and so on and so forth, longer videos again. Um, but my question for you is like basically scripted versus raw right? Like scripted videos that you're very like, I'm going to read this off a teleprompter kind of status or raw where you're like, okay, I know what my hook is. I know what I'm going to deliver, but I'm just going to like, just hit the camera. Let's go. Yeah. So with that too, man, um, I think you, uh, this comes with understanding, like you have to know yourself as well, right? The reason, for example, like you and I worked on, um, that one script for your video, I mainly want you to look at that as like, okay, this is just mainly like my, my backbone and my structure with it at least I have like organization to it. And now it's like, cool. Like I can go deliver however I want. I can go deliver however I need to communicate with that. Right. And again, for, for someone like me too, with that, it's, I, I've, I've just, I'm genuinely passionate about what I talk about. And I'm also genuinely interested in what I talk about, right. Where I, I genuinely like care about this shit so much at an unhealthy level. And so I, I, I like, you, you can't fake that because whether you're talking to me in person or on a podcast, like, or you see a, a video of mine, like I'm the exact same person. Like I, and, and that's what I love about it is because like, I, I don't fake this, this shit. I'm like, I genuinely care about it. And I think a lot of people are like the exact opposite because they don't actually really care about helping someone. They're like, Oh, I just want to make $10,000 a month because this is cool. It gives me financial freedom. I don't really. And it's like, people can feel that people can feel when you give a fuck and when you don't. Right. And like, I'm being abundantly clear with that. And when it comes to what you said about your question about like being scripted or, or real with stuff, right. I think it depends on what works best for you. Right. You had mentioned Sam Selleck. And if, for those of you who don't know, Sam, he's a 21 year old kid. He goes to Miami university of Ohio and he's jacked as shit. Like he's, he's a, he's a big dude. So he looks the part a, 
he doesn't edit his videos at all. Like he'll be driving in the car, he'll go to the gym and then driving on the way home, right? Like that's, that's the content, but he's talking you the whole way through it. Like he's just, he's just sharing his thoughts. Like he's just, he's just kind of essentially just like, just speaking out loud, what's going through his mind while he's at the gym, what he's focusing on to feel his triceps more, like why he's, you know, feeling like he he needs to do shoulders more to develop his shoulders more during his bulking session, whatever. Like there's so many different, different ways in which he communicates a message. I think if, if he were to do it more scripted, that wouldn't work. It, It would not work for him at all. Again, it comes with knowing yourself a lot, a lot better on a podcast like this. This is not scripted at all, but I will sound the exact same here as I do in my videos. Because in my videos, I have that, not that they're all scripted word for word, but I have a structure to them at least. I have a structure to certain videos because I think so fast that I think like five sentences ahead. And if I don't write it down at least to like at least get my thoughts out, I'll miss a point that I wanted to hit on. And so for me, that works really well, right? But again, I can do a podcast. I can do a YouTube video. I don't need to script it at all. I just like to because it helps consolidate my message and it gets me a lot more clear on what I'm trying to say without adding extra fluff to it. I love it. I think that's perfectly said, man. And I think that I assume there would be a combination. I think there's a time for each one. And I think that scripting your videos or, or better yet, just mapping them out, you know, strategizing your videos becomes way easier when you're able to find your natural voice. And, and really just, again, it goes back to what we, I mean, even just your story of why you do what you do when you have passion, it, what you said is exactly how I feel about coaching. I like you asked me a question and that's why my podcasts are so easy for me to do. I just can't stop. Like I just, I get on one and I just go off because this is what I love. I love coaching. Like I love fitness, nutrition, mindset, coaching transformation. That's what I do. Okay. So one last question before we wrap things up, man. And I think this is, uh, this is a common one and it's about niche, like your niche market. How specific should your niche be? And the reason I ask this is because I always crack up when I see people like, like I know for me, my niche is it's what I feel like is pretty specific. You know, I help average people, achieve above average physique. So it's usually like I told you advanced gen pop. They're people who are gen pop, but they're typically more advanced because they are a trainer. They are, uh, they've competed before they've hired a coach before, or maybe they haven't competed or been a trainer, but they like, they listen to my podcast. They like to geek out, whatever it is. Right. But there's people who have shit on their Instagram bio. That's like, I help women who are between 35 to 40 who have thyroid dysfunction, like to golf, have three kids and have a history of, and you're just like, Whoa, what the, and it's like 30 to 40 pounds in nine and a half weeks. It's like, what? It's so weird to me. Like it actually just drives me nuts. But like point being how specific, you know, like even for your niche, man, like, like a content creator, that's a broad category. Like how specific does it really need to be? It's a great question. There's only three things that people really need help that you're really helping with is health, wealth, and relationships. That's it. And as long as you follow, follow under one of those, you're good. That's more general. Now, how do we get more specific with it? Well, okay. If I'm working with people with health, okay, well, I want to help them with weight loss. Cool. Who do you want to help with weight loss? I want to help women with weight loss. I want to help men with weight loss. Like you're getting more clear on that, right? I think the people that put in their Instagram bio, God of, I help like, I help. uh, Yeah. Like you said, 27 year old women, 27 to to 30 year old women, not 31, 27 to 30 year old women who are, you know, XYZ and who golf on Sundays and whatever. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you need to say that. Cause I think you segment your audience there. I think it's important to understand like, well, if you do help women who are in their in that age range, that's fine. But do you understand? Like, do they have kids? Do they not have kids? Are they single? Maybe they like to golf on Sundays. I don't know, but I don't think you need to like put that in your, in like an Instagram bio. 
what I, when, when I said in the beginning, like getting clear on who it is you speak to, it's how can you refine that as much as possible? Meaning like, how can you know who you're talking to so good that it's almost as if you live in their home? Mm. Like that's the level of obsession you need to get to with understanding who it is. And the reason I say this to you, man, is because my girlfriend and her sister were able to build a million dollar business and their fitness coaches in under a year because they have a 20 page document on who their exact ideal person is. And they use every single word that, that they use. They know that in the morning they try on seven different pairs of pants and they hate the way that they look because their fat hangs over their jeans and they look in the mirror. They are scared to have sex with their husband because they think their husband doesn't love them anymore or thinks that they're not sexy or attractive. Like this is painful shit, but no one thinks about this. And this is the stuff then when they get messages of like, I feel like you're in my house. How do you know I do this? You know why? It's because they're like, I did that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of coaches, the reason you are where you are today is because you want to help the younger you. Like Cody, always, Cody, you and I talked about this. You're like, I'm always talking to younger Cody. I'm always talking to younger me, right? Like most people are always talking to a younger version of themselves. And you, you may not know intuitively all the things that like you did, but I guarantee you if you sit with yourself and you're like, yeah, I did do this. Wow. Like I would, I would talk myself out of going, I would sit in the car for 30 minutes contemplating whether I should go in the gym or not. Right? Like you think other people went through that too? So I think when it comes down to like niche, I think you 100% should be as specific as possible. I don't think you should go broad in general right away, but I think you should get at least a little bit, a little bit clearer on like, who is this person that I'm trying to help? Right? Like, again, there's a big difference between am I helping a dude want to build muscle? Am I helping a, a woman want to lose fat? And vice versa, a woman want to build, want to get tone using their words, right? Like a, a dude wanting to get ripped abs. Like it all comes down to understanding like, who are you trying to help? What are their goals? What are their aspirations? And like, what are the problems that they have? And here's the better thing. What's your solution? Mm -hmm. And then I want, I will one up you. Why the fuck are you the answer? Cause there's other coaches that are just like you. Why should they hire you? You think other coaches work with other women to lose fat? Great. What makes you so special, Alexis? Like Kyle, you think there's other guys? You think there's other guys that are out there that are trying to help men build muscle? Yes. Why are you the answer? What makes you unique? Right. And this is where I'm saying where it's like you really have to get stupidly clear on all of this because that will change the game for you forever. Then when you package that in the content, that's what gets you to stand out. Because no one focuses on that. No one focuses on this like super hyper specific stuff. And I think you might look at my page a little bit and you might be like, well, you talk more broad. Well, I am more broad. I am more general right now because I want to help entrepreneurs specifically and business owners, right? I just also happen to like other creators follow me too and stuff, but I mainly want to help these people because I know you want to make more money, right? When we talk about the health, wealth relationships, like you want to make more money on social media or you want to make more money in your business as if using social media as a vehicle. I know you want that. And I know you're not getting that right now. Or I know you're struggling to get more views or get more eyeballs or you're struggling to, I don't know, what the hell do I post today, right? I know you struggle with this stuff. I know you do because I was there because I struggled with all that shit. I wasn't clear on any of that. And I've also seen it at the highest level when I work with someone like Jordan, when I work with someone like Zach. I see all this shit. I've been able to see it at such a high level, right? And so I understand now when I bring it down a little bit, I'm like, okay, these are the problems. This is all the cards that are out in front of me. Cool. How do I want to deliver this message to someone? And that's what's 
really fun cool about social is you get to choose how you want to package that. Yeah. I love that. That's a perfect answer. I mean, it boils down to your voice and your content. And, and I mean, whose problem are you solving? And are you, are you solving it in the video you post? And if you do, yeah, that person's going to be attracted to the video. They're going to like it. And guess what? That, that the boogeyman, the algorithm, it's going to tell their friends that they liked it. And then their friends who have the same fucking issues are going to go like it too. So like, None of those people are going to find your bio before they find your video, just so you know, either. So, and this is coming from somebody who has never told anybody who I help in my bio, not saying that you can never put like, I coach people to lose or whatever, but like, I've literally never had, I help blank in my bio. And I feel like, you know, Taylor coach method is pretty dope. It's a pretty big company. It's doing well. So like, you don't need that, but man, unbelievable um i know we're gonna have you back on um i I don't know when we'll 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 have to schedule it in the future man because there's just so much we can dive into in so many categories and you are an absolutely an expert at what you do i appreciate you as uh man i would say a friend as a content creator as somebody who's guiding me um and i have no problem admitting that to everybody look i have a white belt mentality i've been creating content for a decade and it started on freaking myspace and facebook and all that shit way 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 back but my point is is that i'm always trying to learn and Enrico's the best at what he does. I have no doubt about that. So, uh, dude, drop your Instagram handle, YouTube, um, website, anything that you want to put in the description of this podcast. Let everybody know where they can find you and how they can get in touch with you if they need to. So I can put that in the show notes. Yeah. YouTube channel, which is my first and last name, Enrico Incarnati. And then everywhere else on other platforms, uh, Rico.incarnati. Love it. I'll link those in the description. If you're not following him, you need to be. Trust me, it's going to help a ton, whether you're a fitness professional or not. Um, We appreciate you guys listening. Go leave us a five-star rating in review and we will catch you next time.